Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hummel. And I'm your host, Sully Hummel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today, we're talking about the movie Anaconda from 1997, which to me feels like we're going to, like, time. Like, this is when time (laughs) began in the 90s. As far as I'm concerned. Time in the 90s began in 1997? Well, I mean, the 90s as a whole. But particularly, like, 96, I graduated high school in 96, okay? So, 96 is like, you know, life begins when you finish high school and move out on your own and whatnot. And so, 97 to me is like, oh, this is the real world. 897 was totally the real world. (laughs) Yeehaw! (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, I don't like to think about how long ago 1997 was, because it also feels like looking at this movie and seeing Danny Trejo, who I almost didn't recognize. Yes. He was so young. And this is a man who literally, every time I've seen him, (laughs) I have thought... This man is very old. Yeah, he he's a very old looking guy, and and he was this like this was his heyday, the nineties. And why didn't he look like this otherwise? Like, why was he eighteen years old in this movie and forty seven in all the other movies in the nineties? I think being lost in the jungle <laughs> and being eaten by a giant snake like took its toll on him. Um, we also had Owen Wilson. Who uh-huh. actually looks exactly the same as he used yeah, to I look. Yeah, I think he doesn't like, age. He's, I'm pretty sure he's drinking the blood of Canadian children or something. Yeah. And then we had Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo. Who, again, was unrecognizable <laughs> to me, but only because apparently I didn't clue into the existence of J-Lo until after she had moved on from her like girl-next-door look. Yeah, that was a thing. And Ice Cube, looking like Ice Cube. Yeah. Weird thing. I said, like, we watched this movie, and then I was scrolling through my phone on, I don't know, Facebook or Have you been texting you again? (laughs) No, but there was some, like, like, PSA of some sort. I mean, not an actual PSA, but, like, he had made some Instagram video or something saying something. I didn't actually watch it, but I was just like, (laughs) yo, that's Ice Cube. I just saw him (laughs) in a movie when he was much younger than this. Yeah. It was interesting. It was. Anyway, so this movie is the story of a documentary crew going out into the jungle trying to make first contact with some tribe of of indigenous people. I don't remember what the name yeah, of the tribe was. was. A, it was a shh. Because they were not important to the story. Like, yeah, they, it was, they were purely there as a, this is why we're going out here. This is the thing we're motivated it by. It was the MacGuffin tribe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then they they run into uh, a really terrible guy from Paraguay, and yeah, definitely from Paraguay, or or whatever country Inigo Montoya comes from. <laughs> he said he was from Paraguay, <laughs> and he leads them astray, and they end up battling a giant anaconda. 
and another one. And another one. And a lot of baby ones. Well, there yeah. were just a lot of snakes I don't know if they battled movie. them. They just kind of looked at them, the babies. <laughs> they were like, there they are. There they are. Well, the one oh, right. bit the dude on the finger. Yeah, there was one baby It was that a got very aggressive. aggressive baby snake. <laughs> yeah, so this movie is it's such a mystery to me, this movie. How so? How it exists. And, I mean, this was a big budget. This is a big movie starring all the... Okay, starring a lot of big stars from the day. Were they big stars yet? I, must, I couldn't get I a sense so. for that. I'm, I mean, 97 J-Lo had to be a big star. Was like, she cast in this movie because she was J-Lo and like, Ice Cube was cast so. because he was Ice Cube? Or were they cast in this movie and then people were like, look, she's pretty, maybe she can sing. I feel like 97 is after all that. I mean, I know Ice Cube was famous long before 97. Yes, and I know that for a fact because while he was on the boat, he (laughs) was listening to a tape deck that was playing Ice Cube. Which is the weirdest idea for a movie to ever do. I mean, he wasn't Ice Cube in the movie. I know, but that's so strange. To really like the music of Ice Cube. He's like, this guy's voice is just great. (laughs) Yeah, so. I mean, okay, so it's just all these super famous people that are like just household names that i remember eric stoltz was the redhead guy that ate a wasp okay and the okay. paraguayan john voight who is uh well, what else has mystery. he done he does all he's won multiple uh academy awards I because believe. he looked super familiar but yeah. also like that name means nothing to me and i couldn't uh, place he's him. angelina jolie's dad yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he's done. He he's huh. he does a lot of movies, not like this, but like not as good as what the other people are doing. But he's also done I don't know things. Sure, he has one of those faces. He has a face, all right, especially in this movie. Yeah, I made like, some notes about that face. Okay, tell me what notes did you write down about his face? I well, my note was: Did he have a double stroke? Because. <laughs> The ends of his mouth, both ends, can't go up. What is that? And he can't open his eyes. Yeah. Why? And one of them opens a little more than the other, but yeah. why can't he open his eyes? Because he's being tough, I think. But I don't understand. Except for the rare times when he opened them way too wide. <laughs> I'm like, why don't... It, it was very strange. His his face was always making this like weird piratey look. Yeah, I think that might have been what he was going for. I don't know. And then he had, he he claimed to be from Paraguay and he had this accent, but it was exactly the accent that that Inigo Montoya in The Princess Bride has. Yeah. Was Inigo Montoya, Inigo Montoya from Paraguay? I have no idea. I can't answer that. I didn't. I'm assuming that this accent was not an accurate Paraguayan (laughs) accent. It was something else, though. So, I mean, like, the question is, why, in 1997, was there a big-budget, terrible, star-studded cast, terrible monster movie? I mean, I don't think it's the only one. Like, Deep Blue Sea came out sometime around this time, and it was kind of the same idea, but it wasn't as big. I mean, like, these are big stars, and they spent a lot of money to do it. And why did they do this? Why? Why? Why did they do it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I yeah, I don't I don't know. And there were things about this movie that made me think 
they were trying to do something really like they thought they were doing something special. You the think? music in particular, <laughs> like the theme song for this movie, especially over the beginning credits. I actually thought I had an idea of what this movie was. And then I start seeing the credits and hearing the theme song. And I'm like, whoa, is this movie like way more serious and impactful and like meaningful than I thought? And by the end you discovered it was. I did not discover oh, that. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, I did discover that they didn't write a whole theme song. They just wrote a couple <laughs> phrases of a theme song and then played it to death. Yeah. Also... They didn't actually so much write it as just lift it whole cloth out of the song Memories from Cats. Which is, that's the song that I think of when I think of snakes. Right? And the jungle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, initially I was like, oh, are they trying, is, is this movie like trying to compete with the Titanic? Like, this is some yeah. intense, dramatic music happening. But no. No. No, this was not a Titanic movie. <laughs> when did Titanic come out? Sometime near 97. I don't know. All right, keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Uh. <laughs> um, what else What else was it about this movie that felt like it was trying to be something that it wasn't? Oh, dude. Titanic came out in 1997. They were competing with Titanic. I mean, were they? They were like, oh, you have Leonardo DiCaprio. We have Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. It was a, a bold attempt to win Oscars that went somewhere else. Because they didn't win any Oscars, I'm guessing. I haven't looked that up, but I'm just guessing. I'd have to look at what other movies came out in 1997. But the place where they really lost all hope of competing with anything was the snake. <laughs> The CGI. The, yeah, the, the CGI. What was, was happening there? Uh, one of the goofs I saw listed on IMDb is that at one point, somebody who's being wrapped up by the snake throws their arms up through the snake. <laughs> That's how much effort they put into this snake. Well, you know why they did that? Because in getting caught in the snake, the people would get, spir you know, like the you know, snake would like spiral around. them up. And you know, they were just standing on like a big lazy susan and yeah. like spinning them around to get that footage yeah, they had a rope they yanked right <laughs> that was something but actually in addition to the cgi snake which was very obvious when it was used there were two incredibly huge animatronic snake snakes one 1500 pounds and one 4000 pounds just full-size animatronic snakes and they said at one point there was a scene where the animatronics busted on one of the snakes. And so it just started wiggling out of control. <gasps> and they used that in the movie. Because it was being <laughs> snake-like. It was snaky. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hated everything about the uh, CGI of this movie. <laughs> the CGI was Every terrible. Every piece of it. They didn't understand... I mean, I guess the technology probably wasn't there, but they didn't understand how to match the lighting of the scene. So, like, the yeah. fake snake was just not in the world that they were in. No, not at all. It was, like, uh, I see 12-year-olds doing better, like, Photoshopping now. Well, yeah. Technology has moved on. It has, but <sighs> come on. Like, 1997, come on. I have a fun fact for 1997 for you. Okay. This uh, snake cost $100,000 a second to do the CGI. That's an expensive snake. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
I mean, that's what they were charged, I guess. What studio executive was like, you know what? This movie's a winner. I know. It's worth it. That is the point of my whole mystery to this movie. Okay. And all these stars... Okay, all these stars, before they were in this movie, they were sent the script, and they were like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. This, this is the vehicle for me. This is what's going to rocket me to stardom right here. I mean, to more star, to, to superstardom from my existing yeah. current stardom. Yeah. What is happening with this movie? Okay, I'm going to tell you, though. I'm looking at a list of popular movies from 1997. And I'm like trying to, I'm, I'm looking for the ones where I can remember there being some kind of CGI or I can imagine there being some kind of CGI. Volcano. Gonna guess the CGI I, and that wasn't great. I don't know what it looked like. Uh, Dante's Peak. <laughs> Obviously both of those movies came out together. Titanic. Uh-huh. Then Devil's Advocate. And I'm gonna tell you, Devil's Advocate was one of my, like that was a movie I really liked. Like I was like, oh, I am down for this creepy devil. Lawyer. S- lawyer scary story absolutely but i also remember there was some weird imagery cgi stuff in that one yeah otherwise hmm, i'm not seeing a lot with a bunch oh cube yeah i don't think there were a lot of cgi in that it was a lot of practical effects fifth element uh they did fancy things in that movie um Probably also a lot of practical effects, though. See, so maybe that's what it is, is this just was really early on in the whole CGI thing, and um, it was maybe too soon. Too soon. Too soon. I feel like they maybe could have... I personally feel like they maybe could have done a better job if they had just stuck with their two animatronic snakes. Maybe. One other fun fact I remember is that in the trailer, apparently, I didn't watch it, but there's a scene... And maybe this is only the early version of the trailer where one of the people, uh, Owen Wilson, I think, gets eaten by a snake and he's like yanked away and they didn't have the CGI snake. So it's just him getting yanked away out of (laughs) with nothing. And it's in the trailer. And they hope that they're like, it'll go by fast enough. Nobody's actually looking. That's what they should have done with the movie. Nobody's watching this. They should have had it go by faster. Yes, but I mean, they should have just skipped the CGI snake and just had people get yanked off screen. You're like, okay, snake got him. The thing is, there are like there is some truth to that. Like nobody's watching that closely. People, most people won't notice. I did not notice the thing that you noticed that you made us rewind and watch again. That was a good that thing. Once I saw it, I was like, I don't know how I failed to see this the first time. But this, the, they're on a boat and it comes in and it gets stranded on some on some land at one point and then they fight the snake and a tree falls on them which saves them yeah and then their boat is fine and so then their boat sails away and as it sails away it's actually footage of them driving up on land being played in reverse which (laughs) would probably have been fine i think so there's only one problem if there hadn't been a waterfall in the background (laughs) yeah a waterfall going up. Yeah. Fascinating. It was something else. But again, I missed it the first time. There was one moment of CGI that I absolutely loved. It was terrible. Well, sure. Absolutely terrible. Probably one of the worst moments CGI-wise, but I still loved it. Uh-huh. It was after mm, one of the characters, I want to say the Owen Wilson character. Oh, yes, it was Owen had Wilson. Had been eaten by the snake. I know what you mean. Swallowed down like anacondas do. Sure. And then the camera goes underwater and we're <laughs> in the water and we're watching the snake wriggle by. 
and it has just swallowed Owen Wilson, obviously. So it is Owen Wilson shaped in the center. Which is fine if it was just like a, you know, lump of body like a real snake has. Yeah. But his face is in yeah. it. Yeah. It made me think of, you know, the book The Little Prince, where he's talking about a snake having eaten an elephant, and it's mm. like a snake with an elephant-shaped yeah. center. Like, it was like that. It was like a snake. It was the head with and the an tail with an center. Owen Wilson-shaped center. Yeah. It was... And it was going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Owen Wilson. It's very good. <laughs> Is it? It's very good. Is it? <laughs> I have a question for you about this movie. Okay. This is about, like, the subtle details of the plot and the complexities, because... Okay. Obviously, this is a complicated movie. I mean, right up there with the Titanic, yes. Yeah, there's a lot to understand. So, the problem I had was, at one point, Eric Stoltz... I, the characters don't have names for me. They're just actor names. The scientist guy, the redheaded guy. Yes. Okay. He, yeah, the guy who would try to spit out facts to turn on women. He's like, you know, ice cubes are really just frozen water. <laughs> Only they were a little more scientific than that. But I mean a little. A little. He goes scuba diving, and while he's underwater, he ends up swallowing a gigantic wasp. He's underwater. He's not just underwater. Yeah, He's there's underwater important step. with scuba gear, including like the respirator piece. Well, covering his mouth. In his mouth, he's breathing air through the scuba tank. Then, mm-hmm. later, John Voigt feels the need to bring up when his misdeeds are being rattled off he's like don't forget about the wasp yeah which i don't know if he's being sarcastic saying you know haha like i made everything bad happen or if he's saying if he's explaining this impossible scene by saying yeah i placed a wasp inside the like pipes for the scuba tank so that when he breathed he would suck it in and it wasn't just okay for our dear listeners (laughs) who might be thinking I don't know, maybe a wasp, and they're imagining scuba tank. They're imagining a real, oh, real life no, no, wasp. No, no, people, you have to imagine a 2020 wasp. You know, like <laughs> the murder, murder hornet. murder hornet sized wasp. Like it filled his entire mouth. Sure Where did. did it come from? That's that's my theory. Is that he's saying he did it? It was a sabotage. What, yeah, because I, his mouth was covered. First of all, why? Why did you think that was the clever scheme? Because who's going to believe there was a wasp biting him underwater? Answer, everyone on the boat (laughs) was like, okay, a wasp got him. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. What? This was also the kind of movie, though, where after he went into shock, Uh because he's apparently allergic to murder wasps stinging (laughs) him in the mouth. Yeah. Wimp. They, They did a quick, like throw a splash of whatever handy alcohol you have on his neck and cut his neck open with a knife, tracheotomy. And then he just, like, then he disappears for the next act of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he's, I mean, he doesn't disappear. They put him in a bed and they're supposed to, they're trying to get to a hospital. And he's just resting in the bed. Healing, apparently, because by the end of the second act, he's able to get up and save the day. Yeah, he. I mean, he was recuperating. He's literally the hero. Like, they would have all died if he hadn't well, gotten up. He's not the hero of the movie. He has a heroic moment, which is something I will come back to. Because okay. I feel that he was there when they needed him. 
came in and did one thing, which saved he came some lives. In, yes. But, you know, at great risk to himself because he attacked sure. the Paraguayan and the Paraguayan, you know, jammed his thumb into his neck and made it all bleed and sore and stuff again. So then he's out for the count for the rest of the next act, too. Like, yeah, he literally was, was there for, like, 10 minutes of action once they actually started having things happening on the boat. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, we talked, we probably mentioned Danny Trejo more than anyone else. <laughs> he was in the movie for 30 to 40 seconds at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He uh, didn't last long. But he got high billing. Well, he was the prologue of the movie, yeah. you know, of the book. Yeah. Right? Right. The novelization of Anaconda. <laughs> the novelization of the movie Anaconda based on the book Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I feel like you have, have put your finger right on my biggest issue with this movie. Uh, no, not his neck. Oh. <laughs> not, not his trachea hole. <laughs> uh, tracheotomy hole. No, it's that there is... It's simultaneously a weirdly convoluted plot while also mm. not really being a plot of any kind. Yeah, it was something I was kind of appreciating towards the end. I was like, it's kind of cool that it's not just a snake coming in and killing everybody. Like, there's there's the bad guy, and people are like, like, things are happening kind of organically. Like, they're in this situation, so this person falls off the boat. And, like, it doesn't feel as scripted as most movies. Not that it feels like an improv movie, but it doesn't... The sequence of events doesn't feel like something somebody planned out, which I guess is not a plus for a movie. But, but you know, it feels no, it, like real life. It feels less formulaic, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Like, like, you never know what's going to happen next because things are kind of just happening as they happen. Right. And I'm not sure that's great, but it was interesting. You know, there's a school of thought in, in the writing world that says, you know, if you get stuck or you're not sure what to do next, like... <laughs> have a giant snake come out. Well, like, do something dramatic. Like, have someone pull a gun or, you know, yeah. oh, a fire, that a an lot. explosion or a fire breaks out or whatever. And it sort of felt like that's how this movie was written. Like, they were going along and he then literally things literally listed everything that happened in the movie <laughs> right there. But, like, things would start to slow down a little bit and the writers would be like, I don't know, let's blow this thing up. I don't know, you know, yeah. or we need the boat to stop, ran out of fuel or yeah. ran into a, there's a random uh, wall across the river for no reason at all. Okay. There, there is, that's a plot section, but you know, there's a scene before that, that really I spent more time thinking about than I should have. There's an aerial shot of them motoring down the river in their boat. And it's a totally normal shot. Like, it should have been great. It should have just been their boat is puttering down the middle of the river, and here they go. Mm -hmm. The problem with the shot is 30 feet in front of their boat in that shot is an island going across the entire river. There's no way they could move any further. Which, by definition, means it wasn't actually an island. Well, no. <laughs> no, because no, it had, was. I'm yeah. sure it had room on the side, but no, very I, little. I saw the same thing, and it definitely was not enough room for their big, yeah. big boat to it get It was like, through. why did they use this shot? Why didn't they film it 20 minutes earlier when that was yeah. out of view? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I was like, oh, you know, they had just gotten through the wall. I'm like, yeah. oh no, now there's another yeah, thing in their path. Yeah, it means something. I was expecting it to be part <laughs> of something, and then we get back down where, you know, an interior shot of the boat, and I was like, okay, they're going to talk about 
this thing. <laughs> They're stuck again. No, no, they, no mention of it. No, it didn't, they just kept going. Yeah, it just didn't they exist. They just picked the boat up and put it back down on the other side. <laughs> That's all they had to do. Yeah. But yeah, there was a wall on the river they had to blow up. There was, there was a lot going on. Which I assume had something to do with the fact that they were entering into the territory of this tribe. That's what I thought. Like, I think, and like, there was this whole undercurrent of... We're in their territory now. Like, we're seeing their totems with the snakes on it. There's lots and lots of snakes here. Like, this tribe that worships snakes is around us. Yeah. Well, and I felt like the wall was kind of like, not a warning exactly, but a, you know, stop people from coming in so they don't get eaten by giant snakes. You know, protective measure. Yeah. But you would think, and, and I'm not, like, I don't have a problem with any of that. It's just that that was happening and it wasn't intersecting with the story in any way. <laughs> they started the movie and they're like, we're going to go look for this tribe. And then they have an entire movie where they don't mention the tribe again. Mm-hmm. And then at the end... They showed up. And it was one of those, you know, I was complaining, I think, in our previous podcast about how abruptly... Yes, I was complaining about how abruptly Village of the Damned ended. Where it was just like, boom, end. Roll credits. Yeah. It was the same thing here. Like, there's all this buildup, and then they're just like, oh, we finally killed this. I almost just said spider. They finally kill the snake, and then it's like, oh, there's that tribe of people we've been looking for. Roll credits. Like, wait, what? They're going to be really upset with us at this point. (laughs) Right? Uh, Well, and we should mention that, you know, we talked about the wasp. John Voight the Paraguayan had this secret plan where they were, he was made the wasp thing happen, I guess, so that they would have to backtrack through the fast way, which meant blowing up that wall, going into the territory, which doesn't even make sense because they wanted to find those people. So he could have been like, the people are down here and let's go that way. Yeah. I mean, you say the fast way and I don't know that it was the fast they way. They saying it cuts 50 miles. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Maybe it would have been the fast way if they hadn't had to stop every four seconds to fight a giant snake. Or if they just would go. Like, most of the time they were like, yeah, let's go to bed. Don't worry about the guy dying down in the bed there. Oh, yes. They find the abandoned boat that is left, you know, it's the boat that Danny Trejo died on in the prologue. Yeah. They find that boat and, you know, of course, the Paraguayan wants to get on the boat because he knows that there's stuff there that he, like, he knows who that guy was. He was part of their, you know, snake hunting, we're going to get rich. Yeah, famous snake hunters. Yeah. So he had a reason for getting on that boat and he's like, oh, uh, we should go look for fuel. That's important to us. Even though, like, that guy has already swallowed, well, tried to swallow a murder hornet. (laughs) He has a hole in his throat, like... They are supposed to be on their way to the hospital. Yeah. And they stop to look for fuel. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that was the the, the theory. They kept right. saying they needed fuel, but then they just kept going when, every time they failed to find it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I can understand, you know, you need to have fuel or you're not going to get where you're going. That makes sense. They get on the boat. Mateo disappears. And they're okay with that. And they're like, well, we'll just stay here for the night. If he's not back by morning, we'll leave. 
dude still has a hole in his throat. Uh-huh. And we're just, like, gonna bed down for the night. No big deal. Yeah, the whole thing lacked some of the urgency it kind of needed. Yes, but then they were weirdly urgent in places where I was like, you're, no, calm down, calm <laughs> down. I, I felt like the characters in this movie were very one-dimensional. Well. Like they were just dots on the page. <laughs> Yeah, they they weren't even two dimensional. They weren't yeah. even lines. They were yeah. just dots. Like this guy is arrogant and melodramatic, and that was literally all there was to him. And this guy is a dummy, and that's all <laughs> there was to him. And this guy is evil and acts like a pirate. That's all there is to him. Way into the movie, I'm like, they are taking so much too much time to kill these people without spending that time developing these mm-hmm. people. Like, there's two ways to go with a horror movie. You know, you could have spend your time developing the characters, make us care, or just start killing them. Mm-hmm. But they just took forever to kill these characters that had no dimension. Yeah. The only two that had any kind of depth to them at all were the J-Lo character. And I think that was her character. Like, you know, this guy's a dummy. This guy's evil. This guy's arrogant. She's the smart one. Like... <laughs> That was her thing. So she was, a you know, a little more interesting because she could think outside of, you know, her box was a little bit bigger, but she was still very boxed in. And then there was the Ice Cube character. Yeah, he came up with some ideas. He did. And gonna say, I was expecting the very stereotypical thing where... The black guy's the first one to die. Like, it was set up when they went to the boat, the abandoned boat that they found. Yeah, yeah. He went with... The Paraguayan. And he's like alone in the water with his camera. The music was swelling. We were getting that like monster cam yeah, shot. Yeah, there's a monster cam sneaking up on him. And I was like, oh man, why is it always like this? Then turns out he's one of, what, two, three people who three. are left at the end. Yeah, which was the big thing I noticed in this movie was 1997, mm-hmm. we have a movie in which... A Latina and a black guy are the two heroes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And there's also the white guy who survives too, but he's useless. He's murder hornet bait. He was the dude who laid in the bunk (laughs) the whole time. Yeah, but I mean, that was surprising and pretty cool. Yeah. So this was a great movie. (laughs) I mean, I I will give it that. It stepped outside the the tropes of the time. It was surprising. I did keep expecting Ice Cube to die. Even one time he got wrapped up by the snake and still managed to get away. Yeah, there were many times where I was oh, like, oh, at least here he twice, goes. Actually. But yeah. no, he, he saved the day multiple times. And then he and J-Lo's character were, when they were having that final fight in the mill and they were fighting the snake and Sarone at the same time. Yeah. That was a big showdown. They did a good job. Yeah. See? Not so bad, is it? Sure. We have been talking a very long time about a very bad movie. Yeah. Ratings. Well, I think we have been talking too long about a bad movie, so I should speed it right along. All right. Give us your ratings. Rate this one... The low end of the scale is so tricky. Mm, It is. But I'm going to go with one and a half empty barrels out of five. (laughs) Those empty barrels that they were going to use to fuel their way back to uh, (laughs) the the hospital? They would have looked fine. Like an empty barrel looks like a full barrel. But they bumped into them. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> like, those barrels had nothing in them. They didn't even sound like they had anything in no, them. It's <sighs> like not doing it right. You know, the continuity person for this movie, like, dude, an upside down waterfall looks different than a waterfall that's <laughs> falling correctly. An empty barrel sounds different than a barrel that's full of oil. These are basic, basic things. Um, okay, so you said one and a half. I did. Empty barrels. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of monster movies in general. I don't get much out of the, like, racing through the jungle, running through the woods at night, whatever. Like, the things that go along with monster movies. Mm-hmm. They always have... Well, it's funny. They usually have these, like, very preachy plots about, you know, the environment. Yeah. This was completely missing from this one. There was <laughs> no... Nothing. Like, Amazon like, movie, and they didn't care. No, they did not care about the environment at all. In fact, it was the exact opposite. The underlying story was, let's go ruin uh, an indigenous tribe that, that hasn't had contact with the outside world. Yeah. So I just, like, this genre of movie just doesn't really do it for me. The times when it does is when it gets so bad, like frogs, Yeah. that it's highly entertaining. This did not make that mark. No, but it was trying. See, here's the thing. If it had been trying, it would have gotten there, I think. If they had just, if they had noticed what they were doing and been like, oh, okay. If we just punch this up a little bit, it would have been hilarious. Yeah. I could see them kind of taking it seriously for some reason. Like a few more, like if the, if the, we're just going to use this shot backwards. I don't care if the waterfall (laughs) goes up. Like, if they had done a few more of those things and it had been obvious that they were doing it on purpose, that would be that's cool. funny. That would be great. I would like that. But they weren't. Like, they, I feel like they were trying to make something really important and that, more importantly, and sadly, I feel like they sort of thought they did. <laughs> and that's always like, ooh, it's awkward. You know, I'm watching and I'm just like, oh, how do you tell someone their baby is ugly? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I am going to give this movie, uh, I'm hesitating to do this because I feel like I I hate to use the extremes too much, but I am going to give this movie one empty barrel of fuel out of five. I almost had a heart attack thinking you were giving this a zero. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Oh, wow. Oh, no, 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 no. That this, would be a travesty. This Solange. movie was was bad. It wasn't straight up offensive. <laughs> like, to get a zero, you have to not just disappoint me. You have to offend me to my core. Yeah. This didn't yeah. do that either. I don't care enough about this movie to give it a zero. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's it. That is our review of Anaconda. Look out for that snake. No, there's no snake. Oh. It's CJ. Bye, everybody. Ready now? <laughs> <laughs>